Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and it's great to have you with us this weekend. I'm kind of excited about this weekend's guest because uh, when we were doing this um, all the time uh, throughout the week, uh, she was a guest on the show quite uh, quite frequently. Um, she used to be the Scott County Coordinator of the Red Cross, and she would come on, and we talked about blood drives all the time and other things as well. And I've known her for a while. Uh, her and her husband have been mentors uh, for me and my wife and former um, Sunday school teacher and so a uh, great friend. And I'm so glad to have Frida Cardwell on the show. And Frida, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for coming on. It is such a great honor to be here, Glenn. Well, it has been uh, a long time since we've talked on the show, and, and typically it was about you know blood drives, but today we're going to talk about something um, even more important than, than, than blood drives. Um, you have written a new book, and uh, we're going to talk about that book in a moment, but this is not your first book, right? Did no, I read that correct? Right. This is. Which, how many is this now? This is just number two. Okay, it's number two. In 2020, I published a book. It's a women's devotional. It's entitled, Jesus is Talking to Me. And so let's talk, because again, I've known you for a, a long time. How, what led you to sit down and say, I'm, I'm going to write this book? God has put a burning desire in my heart for years. But I taught a Bible study in Cape for about 20 years. And with with that and my children and my parents in Paducah, I didn't have time really to sit down and do it. Well, my dad broke his hip, so I needed I knew I needed to help him, and I had to resign from BSF. So that gave me the time, and God just kept speaking to me. And the most important thing I think I would do every morning was my devotion. You know, I, that's where I got my marching orders. Mm. That's just set me on stage for everything I thought the Lord wanted me to do. So I believe that even if women didn't have time in the morning to open their Bibles, they could open up this one-page devotional, and it would carry them through the day. You know, it's interesting, because um, we were talking before we, we went on in uh, lives. We get busy, and, and things happen. There's work and children and all these things. And we find ourselves very busy in life, busy bees, and sometimes we don't take the time that we need to. And I feel like we kind of live in the society of give me the Cliff Notes version. And I feel like those things where we can pick up and our quick reads, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, are somewhat successful because it's something that people can actually put in front of them, read, and get something out of it and not have to spend an hour or so exactly. reading something. Exactly. So uh, what was that process like for you in, uh, you know, it, it sitting down and doing – because it, it's, it's – it's, I mean, doing things every week that I do, um, you know, it, it takes a while sometimes. What was it like for you in that process of sitting down and writing that first book? I just felt God all the way through. And I'll be, I'll be honest, there was times I would just go flat on my face and say, God, I, I need you to tell me today what – you know, where's your heart? How do you want me to speak through through you and what you want me to say today? Most days it went rather quickly. Um, he would just speak to me about something, and then I would write on it. And But I always use Scripture to back up. So you were always in the Word of God. Every time you would open, open up, Jesus is talking to me. He really was talking to you. Yeah. And did, were, were there times that as you were writing something and you're looking at this scripture, that scripture, that it really gave you then another idea? Or Absolutely. Something it would catapult me to a whole new level. And I'll be honest, it's, it's probably the greatest. After having my children and my salvation, It's I feel like that's my sweet spot. 
writing about God and pointing others to God. Um, it's, it's what I believe he's called me to do. Because you mentioned BSF, and you, you, you've spoken in other places, too. I mean, you, it's not as if this is really something new. I mean, sitting down and writing a complete book is something new, but coming up with a thought process and developing a message really isn't. No, and I, but I believe the time that I've spent in the Bible, um, it's 20 years, and um, spending that much time in the Word, you really do hide it in your heart. And so it's, it's there. And then you, you, you pray, and God brings it out. And just like my book talks about, Lion's Mentality, you know, God leads you to it. He's going to help you through it. And that's what he did for me. So let's talk about Lion's Mentality. That's the name of the new book that uh, just came out late last year. Uh, Actually, just a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, I guess that would have been. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, which, by the way, it's available on Amazon, many uh, uh, brick-and-mortar places, or excuse me, brick-and-mortar places, and uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can find it there as well. It's called Lion's Mentality. What was the insp- – you went from this devotional then mm-hmm. now to a, a sit-down, read <laughs> book. Right. Um, what What brought that on? What was the inspiration for that? Well, we have taught, as you said, we have taught Sunday school for many years, and I have worked with women. I have spoke at women's conferences. I have, you know, girls, you know, in my life, not just girls, men too, but as I would talk with them and spend time with them, you could tell that they didn't have a positive image of their self. I would hear a lot of negativity, and I would see, as I would encourage people, I could see that they didn't have the confidence to do what they really wanted to do. They had such, um, they, they didn't believe in their self. And as I studied more about our thoughts, I learned that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day, but 85% of those are negative, mm. and 90% of those are repetitive. So if we don't take control of our thoughts, we're going to just spiral down and never accomplish God's purpose. You know, it's interesting because I I read something a while back about um, negative thoughts. And as children, it's the first thing that we hear because as we begin to stand up and and crawl and and walk and we start to get into things that we shouldn't, some of the first words we hear are is no. And so we have that. That's the first. And then we hear no, 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 no. And so that negativity just begins at a very early age. It does. And then it continues as you even you go to school and you compare yourself to others that maybe have different spiritual gifts than you do. Maybe they're a better athlete or they're a better student. Well, you automatically compare yourself and you never measure up in your eyes. Yeah. And I do you feel like because of today's society and, and social media and, and other things that it really has heightened the negativity and the and the and me comparing myself to other people absolutely and there's there was a song that was out maybe last year by Lauren Daigle and the title was you say and that's what that song addressed the negative feelings that she had you know she didn't feel loved but he, but she said but you say I'm loved mm. you know i don't feel like i'm worthless but you you know any worth anything but you say i am and that song was on the chart over 100 weeks i mean it broke a record because so many people could relate to that. You know, I, I don't see myself the way you do, God. Mm. And this is so important that we realize that we're sons and daughters of the living God of the universe. And I think it's interesting, too, because we do get into that um, comparison. You know, uh, I'm not as good as whoever doing whatever. And if we really look at Scripture, what we really see is God chose all kinds of people 
that could make that comparison with others who probably felt like they were inadequate or didn't have the tools or weren't the right person. And that really should be more of an encouragement for us, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And we know that every word is God-breathed. And we know that's why he put those people in there that struggled, because he knew that we would struggle. And, you know, we know that nothing is wasted in God's word. And it is also kind of, um, I don't know if weird is the is the right word to use, but when we talk about church, I mean, this is supposed to be the place where things are positive and encouraging, but yet there are many Christians who just don't feel that way. And do you, do you think that's because of the inner workings of the church? Is that because of society? Like, why do you feel like we have this negative thought about ourselves? Well, I think that, you know, we even have... Satan goes into our church. You know, when negative thoughts don't come from God. You know, they come from Satan. God would never put those thoughts in your mind. And he's always at work, even when we're in church. And we're always comparing, even in church. I mean, church is the bride of Christ. And, you know, he did ordain it. But you've got people in there aren't perfect, imperfect people. And some of them, maybe they go to church, but they're not really strong Christians. Maybe they've not grown enough. To understand spiritual gifts and and see their self, what their own gift is, and serve using it. Or early in that journey, maybe early. even. Yes. And I and I sometimes think that we try to make this um, perception of perfection within the church, mm-hmm. which brings on again another negative thing. Because if somebody walks into a church and everyone appears perfect, and worship is perfect, and the message is perfect, and everything's just perfect. How do I fit into that? You don't think you do, and you don't go. So that is, I think that's God's heart. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible speaks that he, he was for the least of these. That's where his heart was. That's where our heart should be. Which is weird, too, because, uh, you know, because from a pastor's point of view, you, you, you kind of want things to be perfect. You do. You know, you, you don't want to, you do know. Do your best. You want to do your best and, and be perfect, but at the same time, it kind of sometimes can um, you know, create this other perception that you're not really trying to while you're trying mm-hmm. to be perfect. That's why it's so important to be vulnerable and to be honest. And, you know, when you're going through a bad time, ask people to pray for you so they realize that you have problems too. Yeah. Genuine. Be Absolutely. Genuine. Be genuine. Yeah. I think people really notice when somebody's not, you know, that it, it appears, you know, they're just being that way just to have the appearance of being, you know what I mean? Fake. Uh, yeah. Fake. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. yeah. They just come across as fake. And that and is a turnoff. Yeah. Yeah, people don't want to be around that either. In your book, you, you really kind of sit around uh, seven things that you think is should be our, our focus uh, in trying to have this mentality uh, yes. to, to do God's work. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we see in a lion seven strong characteristics, and I believe as Christians, if we would um, embrace these characteristics, that we could also achieve purposes in our life, um, and we could see God working. So the first one that uh, a lion focuses on, and so should we, is to be intentional, you know, just to be determined to achieve and meet our goal. You know, not give up, just keep going for it. And the hardest thing I think with that, though, is knowing what the goal is. Absolutely. Because you and I have our goals. Yes. But it may not be God's goal. And it's so interesting that it takes us to the second one is to be thinkers. Yes. 
Because you can't just, you have to sit down and think about it and pray about it. Spend time thinking about that goal and how you're going to reach that goal. They're fearless. They are deep believers. They never doubt. And they go, and as Christians, we need to go for that. As they go for their prize, we need to go for what's meaningful in our life. And you can only, as you take time to think, that's the only way you're going to find that out. Number three, they're overcomers. They have no negativity, no weaknesses. If they are surrounded by a pack of hyenas, they will not lay down. They will fight to the very end, to their very breath. They never give up. And maybe you've had years of trying to do something, but it hasn't happened yet. But with a lion's mentality, you never give up. You keep trying until you have success. Honest to goodness, not even kidding. I just saw a video yesterday of a lion surrounded by hyenas. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm just, just so funny. And uh, you're right, never gave up. And, and all of a sudden, the rest of the pride showed up and helped them out, you know, and get out of the situation. But they didn't. They didn't lay down. They just kept fighting until, you know, until whatever happened, happened. So. And that's so important, too, that you have people around you. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. To have that pride around you, like your mentors and your church and people that will support you. If you have hyenas coming after you, you need those. And uh, number four is they focus on achieving their goals. They don't stop. After they achieve one goal, they map out their next goal. Their mind, their mentality is always on goals, you know, setting higher goals. And their goals are clear. They plan ahead. And uh, and we need to do that to ensure that we know where we're going. If we don't plan ahead, you know, we'll we'll be distracted Hmm. and we won't have that clear focus of what our goal is. If you don't know what journey you're on, how can you prepare for it? You can't. You may be on a good thing, but are you on the best thing? Are you on the best thing that God has for you? Hmm. And number six is to focus on mental and physical health. You know, if we're not physically and mentally in good health, we can't fulfill our purpose. And you know, the lion sleeps 20 hours a day, but those four hours he's awake, I mean, he's going for it. I mean, he's using all of his reasons. He's tenaciously ruthless with his determination. It is uh, interesting, too. I feel like the church has gotten better at the mentality or the mental health. Yes. Uh, We've always kind of – well, not always because there's plenty of us that probably need uh, better uh, healthy choices in our life. But I think the health has always you know, kind of uh, been a focus, but mental – Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of, you know, mm-hmm. put off to the side or, or that's weakness or whatever, but really mental health has become an important part of church life today. Absolutely. You know, it's always been out there. People have always struggled with that type of, you know, issue in their life, but the church never recognized it. Mm. But you're right. Today they are. You know, I think we have two or three Celebrate Recoveries in our around our area. And Celebrate Recovery isn't just drug and alcohol. You know, it's, it's, it's any addiction, any kind of addiction, mm. any kind of issue. So, yes, I'm thankful that churches are stepping up to that. Yeah. And the last one, they are willing to fight for the purpose and to protect. You know, the willing to fight, that's what they do. They hunt. So if we have a lion's mentality, we're on the hunt. What's our purpose? We're hunting for it. And we stay clearly focused until we, you know, God reveals to us what it is. And then they also protect, as you mentioned that earlier. You know, if we have that lion's mentality, they've got that pride, and they protect each other. 
maybe we can see someone being bullied. Or maybe as Christians we see someone that, you know, it's, it's not right, it's not just. With that lion's mentality, we stand up for them. Yeah. And we stand up for each other. One of the greatest quotes I've, <clears throat> I've ever heard at a, at a conference, um, actually he's, he's been that minor before, uh, I can't think of his name, but he has this line that says, when you see what Jesus sees, you'll feel what Jesus feels. Mm, so and true. that really just spoke to me about how our eyes need to be like his mm-hmm. and seeing people and, and how they're hurting or their needs in order to fulfill, to be the hands and feet of Christ, we really have to look at them you know, in that way. Absolutely. And the closer we are to him, yeah, we will have more of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I know one of the things that, you know, looking at all those, all those things, um, understanding and knowing your spiritual gift. And I find that to be one of the, the more difficult things to get people to see and, and to realize and, and to use. Why do you think that people either, A, feel like, God must have missed me, I don't really have a spiritual gift, or they don't want to use a spiritual gift that they know God has given them? A lot of it could be failure for not wanting to use it. I feel like if you don't know what yours is, ask somebody close to you. Ask somebody in the church that watches you. And... You yourself, do things at the church. Try different things. Maybe the choir's not your thing. You know, maybe it's the finance committee. You know, but if you don't try different things, you won't find out what your spiritual gift is. But when you start doing something and you love it, and, you know, you just, you look forward to it, and it's just, it it just brightens your life. That's your, you feel like that's your your sweet spot. Then you'll know that's your spiritual gift. It's really, it's, I, I kind of liken to finding your passion. Absolutely, it's your passion. And it's it what drives your life. I mean, really, with the a lion, lion's mentality basically is survival, right? I mean, I, that's why they're mm-hmm. so focused, and that's why they they act the way they do because they're essentially at the top of the food chain. They are, and you know that's so interesting because they're not the fastest animal in the jungle, and they're not, they're not the biggest, they're not the smartest, and they're probably not the most attractive. Mm. So, what makes the lion the king of the jungle? It is totally his mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And we can have that mentality. And there was something else I wanted to share that, um, you know, you were talking about negative feelings and all that, that for some people, the greatest fear in the world is the opinion of others. But the moment that, that we're unafraid to do that, we're unafraid of the crowd, we transform from a lamb into a lion. You were talking about that spiritual gifts, too. Sometimes our fear of failing we're afraid of what people might say about us. We're not good at that. But when we get to that point that we don't need the applause of people, we just need to know that we're in God's will, that we're just being obedient. Hmm. We're going to have so much freedom. I mean, really, if we talk about Scripture, are, are we here to please man or are we here to please God? And, and that understanding that mm-hmm. should really flip that switch. Absolutely. So 
Miss Frida, I, I have loved having you on the show. Uh, it has been so long. Um, I, I don't even want to think about how long it's been, uh, but it's been it's been a long, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, but it's been great having you back on and catching up with you. And um, again, you know, we've been connected for a long time, friends for a long time. And uh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. We just love you and your family, and your family has been. Great mentors to us as well. Oh, I appreciate that. And the book is called Lion's Mentality. It is available at Amazon. Uh, it is available at uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, other brick and mortar stores, and online. Go check it out. Lion's Mentality. Beautiful artwork, by the way. I love the cover of that Thank book. It's Can I add wonderful. just one thing? Yes. We will have a book signing. Oh. February third at Perengo Coffee from noon to two. All right. That's downtown Sykeston, so go check it out. Frida Cardwell, thanks for joining us on the Talk of Sykeston. Thank you, too, for being with us on the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell.